0: If you are a GP partner and you don't have a 31st of March year end and you're not aware of something called basis period reform, then today's podcast is for you as we talk about this really important change to the way the tax is collected. And it's a massive tax trap that you might be falling into. Now, the good news about today's podcast is that I recorded it on holiday overlooking some of North Devon's premier surf beaches and an outdoor swimming pool. I know what you're thinking Tommy just take a week off you don't have to do a podcast every week but 170 something episodes now we've never missed an episode. The reason is this doesn't feel like work for us at all we love doing the podcast we love getting all your feedback and hearing how much it helps you. The bad news is that about halfway through, someone wheels past a trolley full of towels for the pool, which was really loud. And there's also a few seagulls in the background and some children noises. So apologies for the sound quality, but really important topic, and we wanted to get it out there. Last thing is, If you don't know about basis period reform and you are a GP partner, then you really need to think about getting some financial education because nobody teaches us this stuff and it's really easy to make mistakes. And that is exactly why we started our GP partnership course. It teaches GP partners everything they need to know to run a happy, thriving and successful business. And the next cohort six starts on the 27th of September and places are filling up really fast. So go to medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash GP course to have a look and apply. And if we think you're a good fit, we'll get back to you with how you can join us. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP. And by me, Dr. Ed Cantley, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. So it's my
1: pleasure to welcome Dawn Laird from Mazar's Specialist Medical Accountants who hails from Glasgow, is that right Dawn? That's right, yes, I'm from Glasgow. Absolutely, and really important topic that we're talking about today, a lot of people are sleepwalking into this, so... Let's just get straight into the detail if that's okay and tell us a bit about what is basis period reform.
2: Okay, so what is basis period reform? So basis period reform is basically HMRC aligning the business year end with the tax year end of fifth of April. One of the reasons they are doing this is to simplify the tax system, in advance of making tax digital being enforced, and that's part of the government's overall tax strategy, and also helps with the cash flow. Yeah. So, by way of kind of explaining it, so I thought I'd just kind of run through a kind of example with dates and things. So, if your practice currently have a 30th of June year end. So the way the profits are being taxed will change. So this change comes into force from April 2024. But there is a transitional year, which is the current year we are in just now. So that's the 23-24 tax year where we're already at. So an example of a year end, so your 30th of June 2023, the normal basis for your tax assessment for 23-24 would be the year ended June 2023. When basis period reform is in play, the period of assessment for 23-24 becomes those 12 months plus the period from July 23 up to the 5th of April 2024. So that's another nine months of profits to be taxed. So you essentially have a 21 month period in that tax year. So something then referred to as overlap profits are then taken off, which will reduce those profits down. Now without being too technical here, you'll have heard the word overlap. so but overlap profits are profits which come from a period when you joined the practice and you would essentially tax twice. So your accountant should have this information, but in some cases they will need to contact HMRC which could see some delays in getting that information. Awesome. so,
1: if you basically, if you do not have a 31st of March year end, then you need to look into this like sharpish. And hopefully you've got a specialist medical accountant like Dawn. But the reason we're doing this is because we're seeing a lot of practices. There's not a lot of awareness out there about this. So this is your awareness alert. But if you do not have a 31st of March year end, uh you need to take some action and think about this. Is, this, is that right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You'd really need to be speaking to your accountant, you know, getting that You want to know some tax estimates. You want to know what kind of bills are coming. So you really need to be speaking to your accountant soon if you've not already heard from them on this topic.
1: Yeah, awesome. And you mentioned that it improves cash flow, but you're talking about improving HMRC's cash flow, not your own, right?
2: Yes. So essentially, yes, in terms of cash flow, you know, so HMRC... When you're a non-March year-end, if you like, you're not in line with the tax year-end, you're paying tax in arrears, so essentially this is accelerating tax, so the HMRC are getting that money sooner.
1: Are you advising practices that don't have a 31st March year-end, like do they have to change their year-end, or what would you advise?
2: So no, they don't have to change it permanently. Uh, However, if they don't, it can become quite tricky going forward. So what it would mean is they have to prepare provisional tax returns every year and then final tax returns. So, it's a lot more work and that's going to lead to higher costs, obviously, with your accountant as well. Aside from this, you know, changing the practice year-end to be in line with the tax year-end will take away a lot of the complexities that practices do face. You know, it can be a tricky understanding a year-end that isn't in line with the tax year, especially for new partners joining or, you know, partners retiring. So, we would suggest changing the year end now because I think it's simpler in lots of ways and helps the understanding.
1: Yeah you got to just know when to pick your battles with HMRC and if you don't fall in line on this one you as you say it's just gonna make everything more complicated but obviously the implication of that is during this overlap profit period I mean I mentioned cash flow can you just explain in a bit more detail like how because I think this is going to be a major issue for quite a few people, cash flow, because you're basically in this overlap profits period, you're going to be paying perhaps more tax than you expected. And you're going to pay the same amount of tax overall, but you're just going to, well, you explain it better than I did, but it's going to hurt your cash flow, (laughs) right?
2: It is, yes. So, you know, kind of key advice here is, as I say, speak to your accountant, get those estimates of tax, do some planning, particularly, you know, where the practice pays the tax, you know, is that money still sitting in the capital accounts? In a lot of cases, it might not be. So I think it'd be good to speak to your accountant, look at cash flows for the next few years, perhaps a drawing restriction might be required to help cover this tax. It might not, but it's really kind of best practice to plan for this and speak to your accountant just now.
1: Yeah, and I think if you've got a good accountant, they should be all over this for you. But like I said, we're coming across far too many practices that for whatever reason, I'm not aware of it. So if this is the first time you've heard about this and you do not have a 31st of March year end, this is your warning. Tell us a bit about how you pay this additional tax.
2: So HMRC have allowed that, that tax on those additional profits to essentially be paid over the next five years. It's not all due in, that in January. You know, it's going to be spread over the next five years and that's known as spreading. So the additional profits that have been calculated, you know, in that example that I went over, so that will be declared on your tax return over the next five years. So essentially how it will happen, your 23-24 tax return will have one fifth of those additional profits that are calculated and then the four years thereafter. So the first tax installment that you'll see on these additional profits is January 2025. And then the next four Januaries thereafter. It doesn't alter your payments on account. So you normally make payments on account based on your previous year's liability, but it won't alter your payments on account. It'll be an individual amount of tax over a five-year period.
1: Another like pretty complex question, but uh, our listeners like complexity, so I'm gonna go for it. Is how does this affect your superan and therefore Also your annual allowance.
2: Okay, so the rules for the calculation of your pensionable pay, um, your superannuation, so that mirrors the tax treatment and guidance. So as well as additional tax, there will be additional superannuation contributions due for 2023, 2024 and thereafter. So your accountant may have already uplifted your monthly contributions now to help cover this, because obviously superannuation costs can be spread every month. So if not, I would be speaking to your accountant to make sure they are looking at this and uplifting your superannuation contributions.
1: Yeah that's just like a, another sting in the tail of this as well isn't
2: it it, it is yes it really is and furthermore there's <laughs> an addition you know there's an increase in pensionable pay that could give rise to annual allowance issues if you're not already facing them but it very much depends on each individual partner's circumstances however with the increase in the annual allowance threshold to 60,000 rather than the 40,000 it, it, it isn't as big as an issue as we first Thought so, you know when this first came out about basis period reform that was a real concern, but with the increase in the annual allowance threshold, we might see less people being affected there in that topic.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. And what are you doing in practices where partners are leaving in the next few years and they're they're going to kind of straddle this uh, period? What what would you do about that?
2: Yeah, so can kind of people that are going to leave they will start the spreading if you like you know they might have a couple of years of spreading but say they then leave or retire in year three the whole amount becomes payable in terms of tax and superannuation and that is kind of normal retirement rules or you know or when you leave a practice that has a year end for example of a junior end all the tax and super tax becomes payable and that final tax return for self-assessment so again I would just be your accountant should be advising you of that anyway if you are planning for retirement so you don't have those nasty bills coming up.
1: Yeah I'm feeling increasingly smug about my own practice having a 31st of March year end but I'm trying not <laughs> to, to be too smug about it because it does sound like a bit of a, a challenging situation especially at a time where you know income in partnerships i don't know what you're finding but generally we're seeing that incomes from partnerships are under pressure you know cost of living crisis wage increases cost of heating and energy and everything going up so this is not you need to plan for this in advance i mean you've given out so many awesome tips already but if someone's listening to this like what should they start doing to prepare for this like as a sort of summing up
2: so definitely you know speaking to your accountant and getting those estimates as soon as possible, as soon as they're able to give you that information. and basically, Obviously, you have to January 25 for that first payment, but I would be having those amounts and, you know, planning and saving, saving for that. And it will affect some worse than others, you know. Maybe there's some GPs that joined a long time ago and what they earned then is not the same amount as what they're earning now so that comes into play it depends when you join the practice as well so uh, there's there's quite a few areas there to consider but you know everyone will be affected differently by this
1: correct me if i'm wrong but basically if you do not have a 31st of march year end and no one's spoken to you about this you need to get on this now the overlap period it lasts for five years did you say five yes, yes. yeah and it does affect super Ann which is, yeah, potentially not as bad as it could have been because the annual allowance has been increased from forty to 60,000. So, but obviously not advice to do your own research on that one. What else did I miss from summing up? Because that was so useful. And I know that there's going to be people listening to this going, "Uh uh-oh, this is us. So hopefully this helps them, not scares them.
2: That's the kind of main topics, but you know, just like you say, the money's having the money for that tax and that superannuation is having to come from somewhere. And with the situation where everyone's at with less money coming in, you know, that's difficult because that money, in most cases, is probably already spent. So it's finding the funds for this now. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Okay, Dawn, that was awesome. Really niche topic and really complicated, but I know there's going to be people listening to this who are like, uh oh, this is us, and our accountant hasn't mentioned anything to us. If they need some help from an expert specialist medical accountant like yourself, where is the best place to contact you, Dawn?
2: Yes, absolutely. So we have our Mazars website and there's a healthcare section on there. We have lots of insightful newsletters around the basis period reform. So please feel free to go on there and read up on that. Alternatively, you could email me. My email address is dawn.laird at mazars.co.uk. Thank you. Awesome. And and Laird
1: is L-A-I-R-D. So Dot. <laughs> l-a-i-r-d at mazars.co.uk that's so helpful I hope that you're not deluged by uh, emails but also you know I think if you haven't if your accountant hasn't mentioned this then they're a non-specialist this is like reason number 456 why you need to use a specialist medical accountant but uh, let's not go down that rabbit hole this late in the podcast Dawn that was awesome thanks so much for your time today look forward to having you back on the podcast very soon
2: thanks Tommy no problem